You're listening to the Two Tongues Podcast. And now your hosts, Kyle and Chris. What's up, motherfucker? <laughs> or Chris and Kyle, whichever one. Whichever e- one works. Either or. Either way. Either way is fine. <laughs> either way. Either way. I'm going to let this music just play a little. I never do that. I didn't even know that the, the short one had that, that oh, just, trailing music. Just keep, yeah, it just keeps going. and I can You just do it in the background mm-hmm. the entire time. Yeah, how would you guys like that? <laughs> That'd be like Radio Lab, you know. They put that. They yeah. do a lot with the music. They do. They do. I uh, don't have the time to figure out how to I'll do all that stuff. Otherwise, maybe I would try. Maybe someday. <laughs> uh, okay, so hello, one and all. Um, we're back doing these twice a week. Hopefully, we're back to yeah. our consistent pattern. Um, basically, what I was hoping to do is talk a little bit from the front here about an interview podcast that we did that we're going to I think we I think we release on on Wednesday next week okay um, so this one will release first and it gives us an opportunity to talk about how that went so this was an experiment for those of you who um, um, remember Kyle mentioning there were some people on Twitter uh, in particular that were reaching out to him that were interested in uh, coming on the podcast a, cu- a couple different folks maybe he mentioned it maybe, maybe it was just to me privately but we we I think we talked about it on here. Yeah, okay. So we ended up we ended up getting one guy who was really kind of eager to do it. Oh yeah, he um, kept hitting me up, man. He wanted on. <laughs> but, you know, he did. And we talked to him and it went okay. And you guys will hear it on uh on Wednesday and you let me know what you think. But uh the idea here was and I tried to say this and I and I'm hoping this is the thing, man. I don't know how clear it was. Kyle and I were wanting to let this guy speak his mind. We wanted to be um polite and courteous and let him let him say his piece and that's not something that's allowed because he's a he's a white nationalist so you're never going to hear surprise, any, surprise anybody giving somebody like that time to just rant and uh and he did and he said lots of stuff that was inflammatory and we just let him yeah. and you know I don't want the audience to think that's because we didn't have objections if you listen to the podcast you'll you'll that'll be obvious and clear um but how did you think that went man um, so I, I did go into it with some, you know, some preconceived notions of how it was going to unfold. Um, uh, I think I said before that he, he's a nice enough guy. Like he's polite. Um, I didn't, and, and like just him being like a decent, like normal human being talking on the, on Twitter, I didn't get the impression that everything was going to boil down to race as much as it did. Like, I have this, uh, and honestly, I still kind of feel this way about him. Um, A lot of these people get caught up in this uh, alt-right racial ideology, and I don't think that what they're upset about is actually racially motivated or based on race at all. Um, But... I mean, really, all of his rhetoric really was just like all race all the time. So I, I didn't expect that. I, I you know, yeah. but race is kind of all we talked about, though. I think if we maybe got him talking about like his concerns with the economy uh, and his problems with capitalism, maybe we would have been like, well, you know, we would have had more to pick apart. But we really did get hung up on race like the entire interview, basically. Yeah, and and that might be that might be mostly my fault <clears throat> because yeah. I. I don't know, man. I don't know if I thought I was going to convert him. I don't think so. But I thought what I might do is shine a light on that topic from a different direction. At least, 
at least get him to um, second guess his assumptions. Because to your point, uh, his assumptions were always that race was at the base of all of, of, of every argument, yep. every problem. It's the most important issue on any topic. And there's lots of people that don't believe race is a real thing. And uh, that's partly what I want to talk about on today's podcast is language. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about the word race f- for a bit. But this is what I'm curious about. Uh, the guy that we talked to, he, he's just going by, going by John. Uh, what he thinks when he listens back to it. So I, I would like to have another conversation with him after he listens back to the episode. I don't know if it's just going to reinforce you know, what he already believes or if he hears the way it sounded you know what I mean? After a little time, if he hears the way it sounded, the way he comes across, the way he continues to circle back, like almost like he's obsessed. I, don't, I wonder if it makes a difference to him. If it, you know, it's like if you watched yourself, you know, caught on caught on hidden camera. You know, I don't think he's going to feel that way. I no? think that he is um, the rhetoric that he was spitting out, which um, basically. He sounds exactly like the people that I'm sure that he listens to. So he's, I think that, um, I don't think he'll have a problem with it. Hmm. Would be interesting. <clears throat> and then we could definitely, we could definitely have him on again to talk about some of those other things. I, as I know you were really trying to get, because there were, there were some things he said that were borderline totalitarian. Oh yeah. And you could tell that it wouldn't take much of a nudge to get him to say what he believes about forcing yeah. people's hands, um, for what he believes is is in the best interest, like the the in, the the ends justify the means, that kind of thing. Yeah. But we we never quite got there in the conversation. One thing that I think is interesting is a lot of the stuff that he said that he wanted is stuff that I kind of want on some level. Like he's taught. I mean, he, he I don't think he said it this this concisely or anything. But basically, I get the impression that he wants to live in a small community of similar people he he's basing that similarity on race right i'm basing that similarity more on like ideology right right um uh but i mean a lot of that stuff i i I don't want these giant corporations manipulating people I, i mean i hate the government but i hate anybody who is manipulating people uh into doing things that are not good for them absolutely yeah um so i have problems with all that stuff too it's just that I don't base, I mean, I just, race is not the motivating factor for me. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, I got the impression talking to him that his strategy to, to get to the ends that he, that he thought were valuable would sound very much like Adolf Hitler in, uh, and I'm not comparing him to Hitler for all sorts of reasons, but what I mean is the strategy that Hitler employed which was a top-down totalitarian, you know, forceful and terrible thing, that that he he wouldn't have been far from going down that same aisle, pretending like he wasn't, and would have all sorts of justifications for it. Um, so that that's a whole other conversation that maybe we could have, and and you know, in the future, I don't I don't know it. We'll see. Yeah. Um. Uh, just one. I guess the last thing that I would have to say about it is. I said to him in the podcast at one point, it was towards the end, and I think I probably said it before too, um, that I think if you have a group of people and you're all white and you want to all buy houses in like one cul-de-sac of a neighborhood, okay, and you all want to live together and be your little white neighborhood, I think that you should be able to do that. And if you say that 
you know, let's like let's say that you and five families buy five houses in a cul-de-sac, and then you decide to all start buying extra houses and like renting to white people only. I think that you should be able to do that. I think that that's like um, stupid. You know, I don't want to live there. I think that you're missing out on a lot of um, important human development because of that. But if you want to do it, I don't think that I have the right to come and like confiscate. <clears throat> confiscate your property, your houses and stuff, and be like, no, you have to let who I say gets to live in this house live in it. It's, it's a good point. It reminds me of something that, that, that Yanmi Park said in her interview with Joe Rogan. And uh, we'll talk about Yanmi Park a little bit, but she was, just for those people who don't know, a defector from North Korea that went through an absolutely terrible and horrifying series of years to, mm-hmm. to get her freedom and to, and to make it over to the United States. And now she's speaking out against uh, North Korea and communism and the yeah. atrocities of totalitarian government and China. You know, China is, is specifically. Um, she, and she said some, she said some really amazing stuff. And I forgot why I brought her up now to, in this specific context. But I do want. I, I do want. Um, oh, talk about, I was talking about like covenant communities, like um, like the white neighborhood. Oh, the white neighborhood. Yes. Um, and yeah. I said that people should be able to do that, and that's what triggered yeah. Miss Park for yeah. you, who I've got some interesting assertions about. I mean, I don't know, and it, we'll we'll get there. We'll, right, we'll we'll talk about it when we get there. All right, we'll get there. So, so there's been a couple things going on lately that that I wanted to kind of try to tie together into a podcast today. First one was listening beyond me, Park, on uh, Jordan Peterson's podcast, and then on Joe Rogan's podcast. Rogies. Uh, Sec- oh, yeah. The second thing was Rogan's been ha- having some good ones recently. I'm sorry. I didn't oh yeah, no, 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 absolutely. I'm not a huge Rogan fan anymore, but like lately, it's been all right. So I listened to the the Ari one that you told me to listen to, yeah. so I could hear about his oh, ayahuasca experience. It was experience. at the very end. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So I, I that's did. all right. Ari's fucking hilarious. I did listen to that, and that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm getting off track. So, so, so the Anmi Park that was one. The other one was I got a flyer in the mail from the Church of Scientology. Oh, L. Ron, still sending people out literature yep and so this is the thing like so my so my wife's um aunt and uncle used to live in california at one point they had um so a run-in with the you know the scientologist out there and they got their you know kind of on a mailing list you know mm-hmm. so even though they never showed any interest in uh, scientology and never and never explored it 25 years later they still get mail from the church of scientology trying to bring Bring them on board. Persistent motherfuckers. And look at this thing, man. I mean, this is a high quality... This is a high quality... Look at this, man. Well, they got money. Yeah, that is... So, I, I mean, I, I'm thinking about joining. So I'll, describe, I'll describe to you. So I just decided, you know what? I'm going to read this damn thing. And it, what surprised me was how much of this <coughs> reminded me of the stuff that Yan Mi Park was saying. And it reminded me of all of this stuff that... Um, in the, in the political landscape today to do with political correctness and um, ideology surrounding censorship and language. So it's like um, new words that keep popping up that you, we've already talked about how I resist, you know, new, new words because, it, because it, I'm suspicious of it. I'm suspicious of new words. Why do they exist at all? And, I'm not, and I, I have a, a problem that I understand is not well uh, is not well understood on, on, on my end because I there's pros and cons of, of new words. In some contexts, I support the idea. In other contexts, I've, I'm, I'm skeptical. And uh, with the Scientology stuff, it's 
I guess as an example, it's such bullshit that we can laugh about it and we can read it and talk about it and you'll see what I mean when we start when we start reading it. But it's the language that makes it sound legitimate. We see that with so many things. We see it in the corporate world. We see it in the media. Um, you know, you see it in law and the tax code. Oh, yeah. There's a whole other language. Yeah. Why? Why? Because you have to pay an attorney to know those those words and know those definitions and to navigate this crazy, complicated world that that the that they've created, mm-hmm. so that they have a place where they can they have a, they have a place where they can you know, exist in the community and extract money from us for their expertise. Sure. I mean, I agree with that to a certain extent, but I also think that when you're dealing with um, matters of like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, sometimes you need to be super specific. Um, And, you know, I think that that it has a purpose, you know, but I do largely agree with you that like a lot of it it seems unnecessary. So, so So, yeah, I mean, it's like... I guess what I'm saying is words words can be used to enhance the way we think or to suppress the way we think. Yeah. And controlling language is the best way of doing that. And censorship obviously is is part of that, is part of that process. And um and I, it it just so it goes so much deeper than just the words that you hear on the news like like woke, you know, nowadays. Yeah. You know, and fucking last year that word didn't exist. Um, oh, woke's been around for a while, but. <laughs> All right, so here. Uh, that's what I want to start with. I want to start with the um, Scientology literature that came to me. So Church of Scientology, Western United States, Advanced Organization of Los Angeles. Uh, this is what I got. It's a fold-out brochure in color. It looks terrific. It says, uh, it's your time to go free, is what it says. Go free, babe. Your, I like it. It's your time to go free. And I just want to read this to you, and then I'll describe it. So it says... Sounds like an advertisement to not wear underwear. <laughs> Here it goes. This is the time to go spiritually free. Your time to step into the OT universe of AOLA and join the rest of the Scientologists ascending to the heights of operating Thetan. Going up the bridge is what will bring certainty and stability to your life. People just like you are taking their next step here at AOLA. We have seen one OT completion every single day since reopening, and every week there has been a new Scientologist auditing themselves to the glorious state of clear on the clearing course. So yes, this is the time to make your eternal freedom your priority. Come to AOLA. We will get you to OT. All you have to do is arrive. So this is how it opens. There are, there are more pages to talk about, but what do you think of that so far? Uh, you know, <clears throat> what it specifically reminds me of, there's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie called Total Recall. Do you <laughs> yeah, remember that? I do indeed. So in that movie, you go into the this place. I, I, I forget what the place is called, but there's uh, this company and they sell you like mental vacations. You know, like you go and you like go into a dream tube and you are, you're on a little dream vacation. Um, you can be like, uh, you can be a different person in your dream. Okay. Um, and they have these videos that are playing like advertisements and they sound exactly like how you were reading that. Oh yeah. It's like, it's trying to sell you something so hard. Um, so that's, that's what I get out of that first thing. The, the main thing that I got. And other than that, there's a lot of like, um, 
like leading language. Um, oh, oh yes. Yeah. So uh, I like I can't remember I can't remember them off the top of my head, but one of them was like the clear course or something like that. Yes. Yep. Yep. This is exactly the the sort of thing that I want to bring up. Uh, hold on one second. Volume levels changed. Okay, here we go. So so this thing begins. And it says, step into the OT universe. Well, it doesn't explain what OT is. It just says, step into the OT universe. And then it says, of AOLA, which doesn't, yeah. it doesn't explain what that is either. So this is an, an example, like I was talking about with, like with tax or law, where you've got mm. all kinds, or, or, or corporate lingo. You've got all kinds of abbreviations and acronyms that you have to know. And you know, if you know what they mean, it means you're in the in-group. It means you fucking know things. Sure. If, you, if you don't know, it means you're a noob, you're, you know. Mm-hmm. Or you're a boomer, as John called me uh, when we interviewed the white nationalist guy. He called you a boomer? Oh, right at the beginning. I don't yeah, even yeah. remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so anyway, it, it explains here, um, it says ascending to the heights of operating Thetan, which is what OT stands for, yeah. but it doesn't say that. And if I hadn't, if I hadn't watched the documentary on HBO, I wouldn't know what, I don't, wouldn't know what it means either. Yeah, yeah. So, so and, and, and by the way, guys, the picture that we're looking at, see this, Kyle? The picture of, is of this like middle-aged man wearing a mask, surrounded by these obviously employees of the church wearing masks. There seems to be confetti falling from the ceiling, and he's holding his degree because he's gone clear. He's now an operating Thetan. He's now a fucking superhero. Yeah, and he, and he's, he's overweight, and he's, he's got his fucking corduroy pants on. He's, you can tell he's smiling underneath his mask because his eyes are all small. And he's holding up his degree like he's fucking accomplished something. And that, So this is the message you're supposed to receive here. You can go to this place called AOLA, whatever the fuck that is, and you can work hard to 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 get something. Just like just like going to college and getting your college degree is what it this is what it looks like. Does it explain what AOLA is in there? Oh, it sure does. Okay. Let's, let's well, you don't have to. If it's coming eventually, I just wanted to I was going to Google it if it didn't. Oh, it does. <clears throat> so so this opens up in in the middle is a, is a, you know like four times the size right it opens up to this giant picture and what does it what does it look like to you Kyle what does it It show looks you? like a fucking vacation dude it looks like this is a, if i didn't know what this was i would assume that these buildings are like a resort and exactly. i mean there's a pool there's great looking food yes. uncle sam is pointing at me for some reason i didn't get to read that's exactly right so you so you got these You've got these awesome pictures of like this spectacular hotel in California with palm trees in the background. The sun is going down. I want to go there. And it says this, we'll take care of you during your stay and some extras. Oh, ooh. Exclamation point. Oh, what does I, that mean? I, I think that's a Scientologist happy ending or something. That's I'm, I'm becoming more interested <laughs> in this. So then in addition to these glorious pictures of these awesome hotels and, and the, the pictures of what the rooms will look like when you stay there... To Kyle's point, there's all these great uh, pictures of food, like club sandwiches and burgers <laughs> dripping with cheese, and like frittatas and avocados and smoothies and all kinds of stuff. And it Hell says, yeah. and it says, come to our Pacific Cafe. The menu provides for virtually any selection of foods: keto, vegan, gluten friendly, and more. So, here we go. C- contact your accommodations consultant, and it gives you the the telephone number and the. Uh, and the uh, email address. And then at the bottom, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this, man. Kyle said there's Uncle Sam pointing at you at the bottom, and this is what it says. And why wait? Uncle Sam will help you. Now it's the time to get up the, to get up the bridge. With the Congressional CARES Act, tax benefits are extended for 2021. So apparently, there's some 
There's some provision of the CARES Act that was passed during COVID for emergency measures that's giving the Church of Scientology money if they get you out there for this. I have no fucking idea what that means, but there are. Ta- I want to look into that. There are tax per- perks. It says, ask your tax advisor for more details. You know, you can you can you know come to, come to Scientology and maybe we, maybe you can write off the cost of this t- terrific vacation you're going on. Wow. So it opens up to an even to an even bigger one. And now you've got. Now you've got pictures of happy people of different ages holding their degrees, and there's, you know, one of them says she's attained the state of clear. Another one says OT1 and OT4, so there's different levels of operating Phaeton, apparently. If you've watched the documentary, you know what I mean. It's like any, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Secret society, you know what I mean? Like the Masons, they have the different levels and shit like that. Yep. Um, but... They're also, like, trying to do this, like, I mean, they, you see, they've got, you're talking about these, uh, what would you call, it's like a diploma, you it's, know? It's a diploma with, people are so happy, smiling faces. Yeah, it's it's weird. But it's not just, like, this sort of thing, these different levels and degrees. Think about the corporate world. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I start off as, as a low-level employee, sure, then yeah. I get to middle management, then I'm in, then I'm on the administrative staff, then I'm in the C-suite, I'm the, I'm the whatever, I'm the CEO. Sure. Like, but you're climbing the ladder with these fake titles, just the same as, as this. The, court, that's what I'm, the, the connections to the way the corporate world is structured to, I want to say manipulate you, but to, but to encourage you to follow the path that they have created, mm. that they pretend is valuable. Yes, and and you're just just like you're playing a video game. You're trying to level up. You're fucking, yeah. you're wasting your time. You're beating off in the corner. You're not making babies, man. You you are wasting your time thinking that you're that you're getting something out of it. The same thing in the corporate world. The same thing in the in the st- structured religious community. This, yeah. this one just happens to be a fucking circus, as far as I'm concerned. All right, I'm gonna keep reading unless you have anything else. <coughs> not not at the moment. All right, here we go. Let me take a look at these pictures real yeah, quick. You do that. I'll, I'll read while you do that. Right. Oh, so, this bot, this dude in the hat on the bottom is fucking weird. Like, I would not <laughs> want that guy around, like, kids, you know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Um, here we go. This, is, this was written by L. Ron Hubbard, apparently. It says, Let's pretend when a man loses his spirit of play, he's dead. That means that guys start dying at about 3.0. And sure enough, 3.0 down, a guy will tell you, well, I had some illusions when I was a kid, but I've lost all those. <clears throat> I'm, practic- I'm practical now. We've got to face this thing practically. What we're doing here is very serious, and the reason I work hard at the office every night and work till 10, 11 o'clock is that I have to keep those Cadillacs going. And I have to keep the Cadillacs going because of the social position of the wife, you know, and it's terribly important and so forth, and keeping the big house going and that sort of thing. And some night he goes home and she's run away with, with the chauffeur, chauffeur. And he says, my heart is broken and I, all is lost. Why? Why does he say this? Isn't it fascinating? He's got a messed object. Now, messed is in all capitals, M-E-S-T, so it means something. He's got a messed object, which he kept giving things to until he had it in-mested thoroughly. In-mested. Then he wondered why it went down tone scale so it didn't have any morals and no responsibility. He introduced the factor of, uh, of automaticity to such a degree that nothing could exist except matter. And he wonders why the boy has trouble at college. What's all this at? Yeah, the gods have afflicted me, he says, as he stuffs another spoonful of decayed whale down his gullet. You want to know what's wrong with, with your pre-clear? 
Well, your pre-clear is too serious. You want to know what seriousness is? Seriousness is solidity. You, you ever hear of a solid citizen? You want to get something done? Don't get any of these serious boys. Shoot them on sight or process them. But if you want to get something done, don't have anything to do with them. There's nothing, there's nothing succeeds like, I don't even know what this word is, in, insouciance? Plain flippancy will actually get more done in less time than anything else you can name. That's a funny thing, isn't it? It's not serious. This guy is flippant. L. Ron Hubbard. Okay. What in the fuck? What, what did we just read, Kyle? Did that, any of that make any sense to you? I don't know what to think about that. That was like, um, it was like Dr. Seuss. I was thinking Dr. Seuss. Dude, it's, I mean, it's so confusing and so weird. Dr. Seuss makes more sense, you know, <laughs> uh, because like when Dr. Seuss makes up a word, he's like describing an animal or something, you know? Um, I don't know, man. That so, was weird as fuck. No, I think, I think you're onto something with Dr. Seuss because everybody fucking loves Dr. Seuss. At least everyone from our generation. Before Dr. Seuss was racist or whatever the hell they say he is. Mm -hmm. uh, Theodore, Theodore Gussel. Was his name Theodore? Uh, I do Whatever Dr. Seuss is name was. All right, so this is the thing. When Dr. Seuss uh, invents a word and paints a picture in the book of this fantasy object, it's a fantasy tree, it's a fantasy race of people, they're, who, they're, they're who's, they're, you know, who's a moets, they're whatchamacalls, they're whatever they are. He makes up words for them. And this is what's interesting. You absorb this make-believe object in the book, and you see this, this name, this new word you've never heard of before, that, 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 describes this fantasy thing that doesn't exist. And we something about that we like. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason we like Dr. Seuss. The same reason we like J.K. Rowling, because yeah. she creates this fantasy world that seems real. Mm -hmm. It seems to have some value. It seems to mirror our what you know what our lives are like. And something about that resonates with us. That's why we love great fiction. Mm -hmm. And L. Ron Hubbard was a, was a science fiction writer. And I'm reading this and I'm and I have read J.K. Rowling, and uh, fucking L. Ron Hubbard is terrible. Yeah. He's a terrible author. You know, Harry Potter was, was enthralling. This is so confusing. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I wish that I could, like, read that over a few times, you know? Maybe, maybe I will. Yeah, and maybe you should. And, and it's, maybe it's unfair for me to put you on the spot when you, because it's so difficult to absorb anything like this. Yeah, it's like, I feel like if you... Uh, if you take the time to learn these words that he's making up, maybe he's saying something, but it, unless you know the words, it's impossible to tell. That's like a garbled bunch of bullshit. Exactly. I mean... Exactly. And that's what makes it difficult to tell whether there's actual knowledge behind th this stuff that if you put the time in to understand would be worthwhile, it, or, or if it's just intended it's to... It's a lure. If it's just intended to, to confuse you or to draw you in yep. and, get, and get you stuck. Yeah. So he definitely makes reference to 3.0, whatever that means. Uh, he talks about what happens when this guy's, you know, um, working hard all day, trying to trying to satisfy the expectations of the of the community, and his wife comes home, and his wife's run away with a chauffeur. Um, first of all, the fact that this guy this guy has a chauffeur is fucking funny. Like he, this is a, a super wealthy guy in this in this hypothetical example, and uh, then he talks about messed, whatever that means. They haven't defined that, and then enmested, whatever that means. And then pre-clear, whatever that means. Um, so there's all these words like that. Where if I were reading, if I were reading the tax code, or if I were reading, you know, a legal document, and I come up on a word like contributory negligence or something, 
And I'm like, what in the Sam hell does that mean? I've got to look that up. You know what I mean? And there's a circular, there's a circular logic to it where they invent a word, and when you go to find out what it means, it's tied to some other invented words. Mm-hmm. And then you have to, it's, so I want to actually show the audience that as best I can going through this today because I have in my hand a copy of Dianetics that, that I right. bought that I bought from the half price bookstore many many years ago because it's fucking cool looking it's like a it is a good it's a good looking book it's a good looking book um, so we'll we'll talk through that a little bit blood red cover yes um, alright so then there's the there's another picture here of people seemingly at a, like a church ceremony looks mm-hmm. looks quite nice got, you got know, some like, cool like runes behind them they got some cool symbols absolutely looks like some crazy symbols behind them you're right um, let's see what else do we have here I think that's it okay so that's basically this little brochure that I got. And, Let me take a look um, at that. The, Do you we, need this anymore? Oh, well, hold on. Well, the, okay. AO, the AOLA Aola. is the Advanced Organization of Los Angeles. Oh. That's, oh. that's what it means. Got it. And so the Scientology has different groups, you know, yeah. within groups, you know, different yeah, hierarchies, yeah. you know. I know that Clearwater is like, down in Florida, that's like the, the home base. But I think that the Los Angeles branch has got to be, you know, like high up there oh, yeah. I mean maybe even like having more money mm. uh, you know yeah I mean absolutely they, they got tons of money in yeah. California church sure. and tons of real estate yeah yeah that's interesting <sighs> alright uh, anything you want to talk about this before I start opening up Dianetics mm, I don't think so I just uh, I do have like a dislike for Scientology you know it's just mm-hmm. like rubs me the wrong way I want, um, I want to talk about this, and then when we're done, I want to start talking about things like Christianity yeah. and, and the similarities, like words like like Eucharist and transubstantiation and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to start talking about that and see if we can and see if we can tell the difference. Yeah, is yeah. there a difference? Okay, okay, all right, all right. So, um, in the front and back covers of this copy of Dianetics. It says these are the fundamental axioms of Dianetics. So you could just read this and you could get an idea of what Dianetics is all about. I'm going to read this to you guys and I apologize. It's going to sound a lot like what we just read, but I want you to, I want you to see this. And then there's a section in the back that's the glossary. It's the, it's the Dianetics glossary with all the words that are specific to Dianetics. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read this and stop me if you want to, if you want to in, 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 you know, interject at all. all right. It says, the dynamic principle of existence, survive, explanation. All right, survival, this is number one, considered as the single and sole purpose, subdivides into four dynamics. By symbiote is meant all entities and energies which aid survival. Okay, so we've got the word survival, dynamics, and symbiote already, all of which exist as words but, aren't, but don't make any sense in the context of this. Here we go. Dynamic one is the urge of the individual toward survival for the individual and his symbiotes. Dynamic two is the urge of the individual toward survival through procreation. It includes both the sex act and raising of progeny, the care of children and their symbiotes. Dynamic three is the urge of the individual toward survival for the group or the group for the group and includes the symbiotes of that group. Dynamic four is the urge of the individual toward survival for mankind or the urge toward survival of mankind for mankind as well as the group for mankind, etc. and includes the symbiotes of mankind. Confused yet? No, I'm, I'm right on track. Right. 
the absolute goal, and this is in, this is in uh, italics, so it's supposed to mean something. The absolute goal of survival is immortality or infinite survival. This is sought by the individual in terms of himself as an organism, as a spirit, or as a name, or as his children, or as a group of which he is a member, or as mankind, and the progeny and symbiotes of others as well as his own. Okay, so, I mean, I feel like that was a super, uh, just like up your own ass way of saying <laughs> something that I actually do kind of agree with, um, and I think that that's how they're getting the hooks into people. I mean, especially the beginning part of that sentence, uh, you know, what was it, the, the what was in italics? Uh, the absolute goal of survival. The absolute goal. Um, uh, I, I mean, I think that's true. And I feel like, oh, no, it was immortality. Yeah, the, abs- and, the absolute goal of survival is immortality. Yeah, and that, that, I mean, that gets the hooks in people, man. The idea that, oh, I can live forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that, that, that's all you got to say to sell some people. And, you know, that's something that they, that they took from another successful sure. religion that we might know about. Yeah. Uh, it's founded by a gentleman named uh, Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. So yes, uh, yeah, yeah. So the absolute goal of survival is immortality. Immortality is what Christianity promises. Immortality, life after death, is what every religion has promised. Mm -hmm. So you're right. This is how they're getting the hooks in. This is the bait that they're laying. And nothing here about survival. You know, it's like identifying as an individual, identifying with your children, identifying with your family, with 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 the human race. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unless you're unless you're John, who we interviewed, uh, in which case you only identify with white people, just the whites. So. uh, so anyway, um, th- none of that is like necessarily strange, you know. It's like okay, sure, but but it's said in a way, you know, that's supposed to sound difficult, mystical, in- extra interesting. Like why? What? What? Why? Symbiotes, dynamics. What are we talking about? So let me let me continue. The reward of survival activity is pleasure. Okay, so we want to we want to be immortal, and we do that because it feels good, I guess, right? I guess. Survival activity, I can I think of sex, uh, that you know yeah. that's pleasure, right? And then it says the ultimate penalty of destructive activity is death or complete non survival and is pain. The ultimate penalty of destructive activity is death. Okay. Okay, Mr. Captain Obvious, what the fuck are you telling me? Hmm? What are you telling me? Okay, here we go. Success raises the survival potential towards infinite survival. So okay. Whatever. Failure lowers the survival potential towards death. Okay. The human mind is engaged upon perceiving and retaining data, composing or computing conclusions, and posing and resolving problems related to organisms along all four dynamics. And the purpose of perception, retention, concluding and resolving problems is to direct its own organism and symbiotes and other organisms and symbiotes along the four dynamics towards survival. What the fuck? Exactly. They're saying like the most basic shit and just just throwing so many extra words in there. Yes. It's and, it's and frustrating. You know what? It's like annoying to listen to. It's annoying. It's absolutely annoying. And I I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of when you say that, when you put it that way? It reminds me of when we when we did like the physics episodes mm. and you hear those guys, those theoretical physicists saying that that they the theories that they that they come up with need to be elegant. Yeah. They need to be simple. Mm-hmm. They need to explain a lot and be beautiful. Then that's how they describe the math behind all this crazy physics that, that is at the cutting edge of understanding reality. Mm-hmm. That, that the, co- the more complicated it is, the more they know it's wrong. 
Yeah. It has to be simple and elegant. And that's when they know they're onto something. Yep. And this is the opposite of that. Yep. You know, I've, I've always kind of felt that way about religions. Uh, I feel like when you have an idea, the more you start adding to it, the more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like dogma, you start adding to it, the less that I can like buy into it. It's like you had something good, you know, and you just started hanging all this bullshit on mm. it. Uh, so it's that- really, it's really funny you bring that up because, because I, we talked about this, but I've had various mystical experiences and felt like I received some knowledge or some direction through, through those experiences that allowed me to philosophize in some way that I think is valid even though I, it's just an f- intuition, it's just a feeling that I have, that what I've experienced is telling me some truths. So then I have these ideas about what those truths are, and I write them down, and they're simple. Then I think about them, and the more I think about them, the more compl- complicated they get. Then I'm, then I'm adding, I'm adding oh, yeah. things to them. Next thing you know, I don't know if I'm any closer to understanding what I meant, or if I'm way the fuck off track. And that's, that's an interesting way of, of putting it. That's, yeah. that's how I feel when I try to like understand these little, you know, gold golden nuggets of wisdom. Absolutely. And I'm adding to them, mm-hmm. you know? And it reminds me of a couple religious items. It reminds me of, um, and I don't know if this is biblical or, or, or if this is, uh, I think it's biblical. Um, maybe not, though. Have you, heard, have you heard Christians say that when the scriptures were compiled, they said nothing shall be added to or taken from the scriptures, mm. that this is complete? Yeah. Maybe that was done with like the Council of Nicaea when they were putting the books together. But they said, this is what's holy scripture. Everything else is not. And there's that phrase, nothing can be added to or taken from. Yeah. And when I'm doing that, that philosophy, I'm adding to. I'm doing nothing but adding to. Um, and then it also reminds me of Taoism, which uh, is super mystical religion. And they say, they say something like this, that uh, I'm trying to think of the verbatim quote. It's like, um, that, which, that which you call Tao is not the real Tao. So it's like the moment you give it a name, the moment you even say, we'll call it Tao, then you're Locked off the track. It. You're yeah. off the track. And anybody who's had a mystic experience, especially, oh, yeah. especially psychedelic ones, um, you, know what, you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. That's, ex- that's the way it feels. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in those experiences, it's like you think you're starting to grasp something. And sometimes I've had them like almost go not good. Like, no, no, you don't get it. You yes. Know? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's an amazing thing because to me, this is that this to me, when you're having a mystic experience, I think that what you're experiencing is coming from yourself. I don't think that it's coming from outside of you because because the mystic experience basically tells you there isn't such a thing as outside of you. Yeah. So whatever you're experiencing is coming from you. So when you're having that moment of enlightenment and you try to take it one way, and the experience seems to tell you no, it's yourself telling you no. And what's weird about that is that you already know you're wrong before you even start down that path, right? Because mm-hmm. you told yourself, yeah. nope, 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 this isn't it. And you felt like it was somebody else telling you that or the experience telling you that. Mm-hmm. So it's a strange thing, man. Yeah. It's like you, you already know. Yeah. Inter- interesting. All right, here we go. Intelligence is the ability to perceive, pose, and resolve problems. Is it, Ron? Is it uh, is it Elrond? I wonder. I wonder if we look up the definition of intelligence in the dictionary. If that's like what is in there, he just pulled it out of uh, Merriam-Webster's. Mm. You know, I want to call him L. Elrond, <laughs> like uh, Key and Peele, A. A. Ron, 
I don't. Re- oh yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, I, I remember it. It'll run. So here we go. <laughs> the, the dynamic here now they're defining dynamic is the is the tenacity to life and vigor and persistence and survival. So it's like now I have to take that definition and I have to insert it into this other thing where it says dynamic one is the urge of of survival. Okay, what's dynamic? The tendency to life and vigor. So we have this circular logic happening already where the words the words they reference one another. Yeah. And then it says both the dynamic and intelligence are necessary to persist and accomplish and neither is a is a constant quant, quantity from individual to individual, group to group. The dynamics are inhibited by engrams which lie across them and disperse life force. So now we have this word called engrams. You ever heard of that? No. Me either. The dynamics, but the dynamics are inhibited by them, Kyle. We should know what the engrams are. How else are we supposed to disinhibit our dynamics, Kyle? What the fuck? Exactly. Exactly. So, and, and it goes on. It says, intelligence is inhibited by engrams, which feed false or improperly graded data to the analyzer. What in the Sam hell, sir? Is it in- engrams or is it engrams? E-N-G-R-A-M-S. E-N. Yes. Okay. Engrams. Engrams. It says, happiness is the overcoming of not unknown obstacles toward a known goal and transiently the contemplation of or indulgence in pleasure. Son of a bitch, Ron. <laughs> None of this makes any sense. All right. Yeah, this, that, this continues on the back of the book. I don't even know if I need to oh, necessarily continue, but I do want to show you this. What is that, Kyle? What do you see there? The potential value of an individual or a group may be expressed by the equation PV equals ID to the X power. Mm, okay. All right, Ron. So Ron knows where, algebra. Where I is intelligence and D is dynamic. Mm, so we, no, we can quantify dynamic and suddenly it becomes mathematical. Yeah. And then it's not even, now it's a real science, Kyle, not even religion. Absolutely. It's not even, there's math involved, so yeah. it's a science now. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, you know, I believe it. And there's just all sorts of other things. Like I, I hate Follow to, the science, Chris. I, I hate to just like continue to read it because it's so painful but there's there's stuff in here about oh god it's so bad the analytical mind the somatic mind training patterns um aberrations listen to this aberrations under which is included all deranged or irrational behavior are caused by engrams they are stimulus response pro and contra survival Hmm, okay all right psychosomatic ills are caused by engrams Aberrations and psychosomatic ills. Oh, here we go. Now we get a definition of an engram. The engram is the single source of aberrations in psychosomatic ills. Oh, okay. So we're just going to circle that logic right back to itself. Listen to this. Moments of unconsciousness, when the analytical mind is, is attenuated in greater or lesser degree, are the only moments when engrams can be received. So it, only un- unconsciously. An engram is a moment of unconsciousness containing physical pain or painful emotion and all perception and is not available to the analytical mind as experience. What the fuck, man? You know how I feel right now? I feel how I felt all through my my like school career <laughs> where the teacher was talking and I was just like, what shit? Like, I don't want to listen to you. Yeah. I can't, 100% man. <laughs> so, so an engram is the source of aberrations and, and like psych, psychic illness. It's, it's, it's something that comes from the unconscious apparently. And 
that's so that's the only way you can get these engrams is from the unconscious. And when you get them, they they mess with you. It says the engram is a moment of unconsciousness containing physical pain or painful emotions and all perceptions. All of your perceptions come from engrams, come from the unconscious. So what does that mean? The world around us is engrams, and that's what's causing us to be crazy? The world around us. Speaking of being crazy, I feel like you have to be, like, borderline schizophrenic to be, like, taking this seriously. Do you, I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Like, to be reading a bunch of meaning into this and, like, really taking it seriously, I feel like you have to be a little crazy. I feel like... I feel like you're right, and I want to show you something. If I just open this up to the first couple pages, whoever bought this book before me took it oh, very seriously. Oh yeah. There's all kinds of highlighted, different colors, highlighted, all the important stuff this person was absorbing, yeah. absorbing, right? Yeah, this guy's like a like a level 87 Thetan operating <sighs> he probably Thetan. He probably has... ESP and like a big old dick. Yeah, dude. From, from Scientology. Yeah, dude. All right, so um, I don't want to bore you too much, but I want to read this thing that Kyle was looking at. It says, The potential value of an individual or a group may be expressed by the equation PV equals ID to the X power, where I is intelligence, D is dynamic. It says, The worth of an individual is computed in terms of the alignment on any dynamic of his potential value with optimum survival along that dynamic. So so now you have an image in your head of like a... Of like a uh, uh, what do you call those? Like a, like a, like a plot, like a, God damn it. I can't think of the word. It's been a long time since I've been in math class. All right. So it says a high PV may be, may, <laughs> a high PV may by reverse vector result in a negative worth as in some severely aberrated persons. So as crazy as that is, what he just said there is that <laughs> a human can have negative value. Hmm. Hmm. So what do you do with a human with negative value, Kyle? Um, Seems like you just har- harvest the organs, buddy. Yeah, yeah. All right. A high PV on any dynamic assures a high worth only in the unaberrated person. So even if you have a high potential value, you have to be you have to be clear, or it's just worthless. Yeah. All right. So that's a. I want to get into the, to the dictionary part of this, but let's just let's just tell me what you think, man. You had any thoughts on anything we just talked about? Um. It seems, I don't understand how people get caught up into it, but they do. You know, that's what I, that's what I can't help but think about is that you read me that and I was repulsed by it to the point where, um, it was like literally hard to listen to. Like I had to like force myself to listen to it. A hundred percent. And like, I mean, and like I said, um, I did kind of feel like I did in school because that's like in school. I just that's what I felt like. It was like, oh, just, like I do not care about anything that you're t- you're trying to tell me right now. Mm. Um, and I would just tune it out, you know. Well, sure. Did did you feel? Did you feel like? Obviously, the confusion is is intentional. Yes, and yeah, it's yeah. like maybe even overkill. Maybe even overkill. As as far as how confusing it is, and that's why I feel like you have to be crazy, like. Uh, it's like finding, um, I don't know, a phone book, a fucking phone book and like free and like finding meaning in it and shit. Uh, what was that? What was that Jim Carrey movie? The number 23. Oh, what a good movie. Which man. I mean, you know, I think that ended up not, you know, there was some like mystical stuff going on there if I remember correctly, but like that type of thing, like I'm, I'm finding meaning in everything. And this person who was like. I think prone to that sort of thing anyway, somebody handed them a copy of Dianetics and then they're just 
you know. So I, so I have something that comes to my mind here, and it's this. Getting back to the language idea. Mm. We read this word Thetan. Anybody who knows Scientology has some idea. Thetan is like, if you're reading a sci-fi book, Thetan would be like a race of, of aliens. It's a different yeah. thing than a human being. It's a Thetan. When you become a super Thetan, your hair turns blonde and That's you right. like become engulfed in flames yeah, exactly. and start screaming. Exactly. Super Thetan. <laughs> uh, shout out to Dragon Ball Z and Akira Toriyama. <laughs> all right, so this is the thing. Thetan is, is a... All right. Until L. Ron Hubbard invented that word... There was no such thing as the Thetan. Yeah. Now there is such a thing as a Thetan. Even though there isn't such a thing as a Thetan. And this is what I mean. This dude's a Thetan. (laughs) All of the pictures of these guys holding their degrees. Those those are are a bunch of fucking Thetans. Legitimate Thetans. And this is the thing, man. It's like you've invented a word. And now you've invented a concept. You've invented an idea. Mm. And you've made it real. Mm -hmm. And And this is, I don't understand it. Because obviously words are important, and you know, having words—the more words we have at our disposal, the more meaning we have at our disposal, the more you know, complicated we can think, and the more we can do. And there's all sorts of value to it. But this guy's invented a word, Thetan, and now Thetans exist. And what are your thoughts on that, man? Um, it's like you're retroactively creating a thing that didn't exist before you brought this word into being. It's like L. Ron Hubbard was a Thetan before he fucking came up with the word Thetan, right? He 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 defines what it is. He's one. He's the top the top Thetan. Yeah. Right? So he just pretends. It's like, I, I want to say it's like a, like the president. You know? We just invent this word, president, and somebody now is a president, and what it means something now. But, you know, until we invented the word and all pretended to agree that it exists, mm-hmm. it didn't exist. Yep. Do you see where I'm going, man? I do see where you're going. And what it makes me think, and it... it kind of ties back into my feelings about education um the answer in my mind is to not get rid of words uh not to like censor people and get rid of words it's to teach people how to understand words Mm. um and to not be tricked by words yes and that is not what our schooling does it has no interest in that whatsoever that's true um, I feel like if you are good at that, it's like a, a natural talent in you, you know, and, you know, some people uh, eventually find, you know, rhetoric and things like that and they, they become, you know, skilled at it. But uh, I feel like you're just kind of either naturally good at it or you're not, but people who are not naturally skilled at it can be taught it, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and we just don't, we just don't teach them that. So they yeah go through, you know becoming Scientologists. Yeah, there's no there's no critical thinking that, that's being taught to our kids because the school systems are not, they don't want people to be thinking outside of the box, especially, you know, you've heard people say that the school, the, the modern school system was developed to train factory workers. Yeah, we should based be, on we the Prussian model. Obedient. We yeah. shouldn't be, we shouldn't be thinking for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's another thing about Thetan is, um, so you create this word, you have this special you know, group that you can belong to, you can you can uh, try to climb climb towards, and it makes you better than everyone else. It's a, it's a better thing. So you might call that like the aristocracy. You might call that like the like the higher caste. If you're in India, they have a caste system, and yeah. you know you, you you know maybe it's this higher caste. Maybe it's the idea of being a Christian versus a pagan. Like I'm a Christian, so I, I have this word right, Christian, and 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 that makes me better than you because I'm a because you're a pagan, right? It also reminds me of Adolf Hitler. Ubermensch. Yep. That's Nietzsche, obviously, but you yeah. used by the Nazis. You invent this word called Superman, Ubermensch. You you believe it's possible to be greater. 
and to be this other thing. And suddenly, suddenly it exists as a goal and as a reality. And until somebody, until Nietzsche said Ubermensch, we didn't have that. Yeah. So Thetan, Ubermensch, this is, this is, to me, apples and apples, man. Yeah. Interesting. It is interesting. Oh, all right. I don't want to get I don't want to get too far off track, but I do want to just show you the circular logic thing I was I was mentioning. So there's a glossary, there's a glossary, there's an appendix, and there's Dianetics terms. All right. So aberration we talked about. Any deviation or departure from rationality used in Dianetics to include psychoses, neuroses, compulsions, and repressions of all kinds. Okay. So you can tell L. Ron Hubbard maybe he read a little Freud because he's peppering that shit in there too. Yeah. For legitimacy. Just the same reason we have form- mathematical formulas in here. Yeah, yeah. It's science, Kyle. Aberry, di- dianetic nilogism for any aberrated individual. Analytical mind, that mind which computes the I and his consciousness. Auditor, the individual who administers dianetic therapy. To audit means to listen and to compute. Basic, the first engram on any chain of similar engrams. Basic, basic, the first engrammed after conception, the basic of all chains by sole virtue of being the first moment of pain. Bouncer, any engram command which when approached by the analytical mind on the time track makes the patient move back towards present time. I don't even want to continue reading it. I don't understand how, I don't understand how this is a thing. Like, listening to this right now, I don't understand how so many people are Scientologists and how they have as much power as they do. I'm going to tell you what It's like a black pill. You know, it's like people are fucking dumb, man. Did you invent black pill just now? No, no, Okay, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's two reasons why. Because look how good this book looks, Kyle. It's beautiful. It is a good looking book, as we mentioned before. Look how fun this looks, Kyle. Well, true, true. I mean, I I still would go. I mean, (laughs) I just wouldn't listen to them. Maybe we should go. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. And listen, Uncle Sam's going to let us write exactly, it off. Exactly, dude. Just take a vacation. Fucking a. Live for a couple months in the fucking Sea Org. What do you think, man? I, I could use a vacation, bro. Boy, you know, boys vacation. Let's go. <laughs> could we put, can I put OT after my, after my name? Or can I put OT on my, my signature line on, 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 on uh, LinkedIn, do you think? Do you think that there's privileges associated with that? Uh, I don't know. It's a pretty, pretty, pretty good question. <laughs> All right. Okay, so I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna bring in this Yanmi um, Park into this conversation. Okay, did you listen to the the interviews? Parts of them I didn't listen to all of either of them. There's so much there that I could talk about. I might ramble because these I didn't take careful notes, so these ideas are probably just gonna pop into my head. Yeah. One of the things I thought was most interesting that she said. Um, tell me if you heard her say this. She said that in North Korea, Christianity is persecuted more than anywhere else on the on the face of the planet. Um, if they find out you're a Christian, they'll they, you know they'll kill you. They'll put you in those work camps. That you know they'll kill all of your friends and family and neighbors. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Mm-hmm. And she's like, the reason she didn't know until she got out of North Korea. Um, <coughs> the reason is because uh, Kim Jong Un and his father, and his father and his father's father, what I think he was the founder of the of the uh, regime, mm-hmm. that they tell the story of themselves exactly like the story of Jesus in the Bible. Okay, that he's the, he's their savior. That um, 
that they, that their salvation is through is through them. You know, it, it, she does a better job of of, of making sure. making the parallels. But there's so many parallels to the way Jesus is portrayed in the Bible, and the and the Kim family is portrayed in North Korea that they that they don't allow the religion to exist even underground, uh, and violently persecute them because they don't want people to realize that the story, the myth of the Kim family, was taken from the the Western tradition that they hate, right? Mm-hmm. And it undermines the, the legitimacy of their of their divine kingship. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And they are thought of as gods on mm-hmm. earth, like Jesus was a god on earth according to the Bible. Yeah. What do you think of that? You, it, you ever read Michael Malice's book, Dear Dear Reader? No, but it sounds like you I should. should. I have it. You should uh, you can borrow it. All right. Um it, it's a autobiography in, in in the air quotes there of um Kim Jong-il. Uh, so, you know, it's Michael Malice writing as Kim Jong-il, and it's basically him laying out all of this, like, propaganda. And it is, like, religious propaganda uh, mm. about how the uh, the Kim family is, you know, God. Yeah, exactly, like gods. They're like Jesus. Um, I would assume that there are other reasons for... Christianity being suppressed. I'm sure that that's that, you know, it makes sense. You don't want to like show your hand too much there. Right. But I think that uh, Christianity has had a huge influence on like the liberation and the tendency of Westerners to think of themselves as individuals and things like that. That's a good point. So, and then you also think about like the Middle Ages when the authority between the state and the church was contentious. It's like, Who's who's the boss, the yeah. emperor or the pope? Because yeah. for a while, you know, the kings were bowing to the pope, and there mm-hmm. was a struggle. It's like, is 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 the is religion the leader or is the state the leader? You know, yeah. they don't want any confusion about that. Yeah, I'm just a, no religion. I'll never forget uh, in Dan one of Dan Carlin's episodes. I think it was, I can't remember which one it was, but it was. Uh, he was talking about Charlemagne and when he was crowned. And the Pope did it, and he was pissed about that, you know? Mm. Like, because if I'm kneeling down and you're placing the crown on my head, that sends a very clear message. It sure does. Yeah. It sure does. And that's the reason why uh, Marx said that religion is the opiate of the masses, and the reason why in China um, organized religion is illegal. Mm. It's illegal. So that's why. Yeah. Nobody challenges the power of the state. Nobody challenges the power of the, of the divine Kim family in North Korea. So there's all sorts of things in there that I maybe we'll talk about before I get into some of these specifics because the way North Korea controls the people and keeps them under control, largely, apart from violence, has to do with controlling language. Okay. So I want to talk about that specifically, but listen to this, listen to this shit. Uh, Yanmi Park said that she never felt full in her life. Mm. She was always hungry every day of her life. When she was born the year that the Soviet Union collapsed, and the Soviet Union was providing aid to North Korea because of their communist status, right? They're brothers. So the, the communist regime at the time was providing for everyone the way that communism is supposed to do, if it was working properly. Mm-hmm. Everybody got food and clothes and everything, and all of that stuff was coming from the Soviets because the North Koreans don't make anything. They don't have any money. All they sell is drugs. That's all they sell is drugs and human trafficking. They don't, they don't do anything there. They have no electricity there. They got nothing. And the, they're not even allowed to farm on their own or to have animals on their own. 
Anybody who's caught with, with something like that, it belongs to everyone, not to you. So that's a sin worthy of putting you in a concentration camp and your family and your neighbors and anybody you've ever spoken to. That's how bad it is. She said that the uh, kids, they chase rats around um, because it's fun and also because if they catch them, it's like a delicacy. They can eat the rats. And the kids get all sorts of uh, <coughs> diseases and die from, yeah. from playing with the rats. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's no stopping them because there's no fucking toys to play with and everybody's hungry. Mm-hmm. So this is how bad it is. Um, she said the number one source of protein in North Korea are crickets and grasshoppers that people go out and catch yeah. and eat. She said that the Kim family decided uh, at one point that people couldn't have pets. So there was people who had dogs as like pets, household pets. And uh, the Kim family decided that was too Western. The idea of having a, 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 a an animal, a wild ant creature that you keep, that you keep, you know, in chains, right? Yeah. That, that that's not that that's not a communist idea. So he so he ordered all of the dogs that were pets to be killed, and all of the meat from the dogs wasn't given to the family of the dogs. It was taken. Yeah. So they just killed every dog, every family pet in the in the country. They just the military went and killed them all because yeah. it was too Western. They didn't, they didn't want the influence, the Western influence. Sure. And just and there's just it just keeps going. Yep. Just keeps there's just terrible thing after terrible thing. You know what I can't help but think about is I mean obviously the way that you were reading that you were trying to convey the fact that it's a nightmare. Um, but I feel like you put, you know we're talking about language right you know you put just a little bit of spin on all of that shit and it seems like you're just trying to do what's good for humanity, man. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of that. I mean what what were those what were the things that you were just talking about again? Like all of that stuff is stuff that people, um, no property. Dude, there are a lot of people who don't think we should, you know, that property should be a thing. And, I mean, on some level, I kind of understand some of the arguments, but I just don't think it works out in practice all that well, you know? No, it doesn't. Um, it, it, yeah, it doesn't. It's, it's a deep, deep misunderstanding because the, the idea that you have no property, um, that extends to, to not owning yourself, and yeah. that and so if you take it to its logical conclusion it means you don't you don't own yourself then yeah. who owns yourself then mm-hmm. and then somebody has to own you and that that's how communism makes its people slaves when sure. it's when it's supposed to be the anti-slave movement yeah you know so you're talking about um people eating bugs that being the main source of protein that's i mean people want that here they i mean like the cows and stuff it's not sustainable what is sustainable bugs Insects, where you're yeah. going to be eating cricket patties mm. um like I, i'm telling you a lot of the stuff that you just said you put a diff, little bit of a different language spin on it and and people buy it too so oh, you know so we, we use this example before but another another example of that is what uh george carlin said about Shell shock. Yeah, yeah. It's like all you got to do is take shell shock and call it post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. And it's fine. And it's fine, Kyle. Yeah. It's a medical disease. Take it's a got, pill for it's it. It's got treatments. It's stress-related no anxiety. You can take some anxiety medicine. Everything will be just fine. Yeah, you're doing that voice from like the... Uh, I am. The I'm, doing, I'm doing the voice. I'm doing the voice. Buy it. But that's the thing. You know, like when those soldiers came home from the First World War and the Second World War, and if you can, you can see some videos, some black and white videos of these of these people... They were just shaking uncontrollably. I'm going to do it for Kyle. The audience can't see. But just this poor, you know, soldier sitting at home away from the war, away from the noise, away from the terror. And he's just doing this. 
like he's got fucking Parkinson's disease. He can't control his shaking. That's what shell shock is. It's terrible. It's, it's terrible beyond measure. But now we call it post-traumatic stress disorder, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. And we give you some medicine, and it's fine. Yeah, and like 23 veterans are killing themselves a day or some, some shit like that. So this is, this is exactly it. And every single bill that gets brought before Congress that's called the, you know, the Make America Great Bill or the fucking Patriot Act or the whatever it is, we put a nice little name on it. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, nobody's going to do the hard thing. No yep. one's no one's gonna read past the past the you know the first page. So we give it a we give it a nice name and then people just go along with it. It's manipulation, dude. Yep. And there's a fine line between manipulation and the usefulness of language, and I don't know where that is. I don't know where that line is, man. I don't I don't know, man. I feel like that line is different places in different scenarios. Uh I really think that the answer to the problem is teaching people how to think. Um, and I just don't, I mean, it doesn't look good for that. You know, public education is still very, I mean, you know, you have to, you got to pay, you got to pay into it, whether you send your kids to private Mm -hmm. school, you know, so uh, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Although it is getting fucked up with the, the COVID stuff. A lot of people are homeschooling. That's true. Um, I don't know, man, but I don't know either, but it's true all the way through college too. You know, you're not getting critical thinking skills in college. Yeah. I took a class in college called Logic. It was a philosophy class, but it also counted as a math class, and I, I needed the credits for math. So, like, I took statistics and I took Logic because I needed more math credits, and I was always weak, a weak area for me. And I like philosophy, so I was like, let's do that. Mm-hmm. That was the only class. It was a, it was, it was an elective for my degree. It was the only class <coughs> that ever taught me how to critically analyze um, statements and, um, you know, we used like newspaper articles and uh, commercials and things like that to, to talk about where these like logical fallacies are and, and mm-hmm. where, where the manipulation is. And it was really interesting. But how many people take that class? Oh, yeah. If you weren't, if you weren't taking a philosophy degree, you would have no reason to take that class. Mm-hmm. I picked it on purpose because I needed the math credits. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean... That's fucked up that like in your entire, I mean, how long were you in school? A long time. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, and I got two bachelor's degrees, but only because there was so much overlap in the curriculum. I, I left with two bachelor's degrees and I was working full time through my entire college career. So I was in school for like seven years. Yeah. So it took me a long time. But, you know, somebody else could have done that in, in four years. Sure, yeah. But still, four years worth of college to only have one class that I didn't even need to take. And if I would have, and it was, first of all, a humanities it was it was a liberal arts degree, a humanities degree, and I got no critical thinking, zero. That's crazy. And that's what Yanmi Park said. And she went to Columbia. She went to Columbia. Yeah. She said in 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 Columbia, the students and the professors spoke like they do in North Korea. Mm, okay. She said that they weren't allowed to have uh, a, a disagreement. That there was only one right answer, and that. When they when the professor would ask questions, everyone was was in agreement, and that when she spoke out, she was ridiculed. That when Jordan Peterson asked her what she learned of value at the t- one of the top universities <coughs> in the world, she said nothing. <laughs> she would have been better off having not gone. He said not one teacher, not one class, not one thing. That's insane. She said nothing. That's crazy. Like knowing the people who have come out of Columbia and the type of work that they did at one point in time, 
that's amazing to me. Um, amazing. That's it's really sad. I mean, you know, you think about an institution like that, and we should have institutions that are like maintaining that high level. But you know, you, you know, you've got some exciting things happening, like um, Thaddeus Russell's Renegade Academy, and, mm-hmm. and Jordan Peterson also talking about um, what does he call his. Uh, Anyway, a lot of a lot of independent academics that are talking about putting, you know, university level courses online either for free or for yeah. or for un, you know paid coursework for for with no credit with no accreditation. But still, that's interesting. That's an interesting thing. Yeah, we'll see absolutely. What, see what happens. You know, um, I think that this idea that you went through all of your schooling and she went through you know the her schooling in Columbia and didn't learn anything of value like that. Um, I think that explains kind of why when you do get a teacher like that, they have the potential to blow up to be somebody like Thaddeus Russell or Jordan Peterson. Because when you get one of those teachers, they people become passionate about that. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Because they shine like a light in the darkness, man. Yeah. And that and everybody, all of the powers that be in the cave are just wanting to stomp that light oh, out. Yeah. And God, man, it's so terrible. It's scary, and I don't need. I, it's hard. It's hard to talk about, man. Yeah. All right. So I want to get back to Yanmi Park in terms of language. And for those of you who are interested, um, her her interview with Joe was like three hours long, so it was amazing. Episode sixteen ninety one of JRE. If you guys want to check that out. So she said, Yanmi Park said a few things. She said, and I quote: "They control your mind through language." She's talking about the the Communist Party there. She said, it's, it's Orwell's 1984, words control your thoughts. That's what she said. And that was one of the first books she read when she, when she, when she escaped to South Korea. And by the way, that story about her escaping was unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. She had to walk. It was a Christian missionary that got her, leg, her foot in the door in China, who she met on a, not a porn website, but one of those cam websites where she was she was showing her her, her tits for money, basically, and all, and lots of women in North Korea do that because if they, and and they do that with Chinese with the Chinese, not enough not enough women in China, so there's a lot of people jerking off. Uh, the, you know, North Korea is a puppet state for China, basically, so mm-hmm. they don't have enough women, so they let they let the North Korean women come over as prostitutes, or um, which is which also happened to Yanmi Park and her mom. And they also let them on these message boards where they're showing their tits to Chinese guys who are jerking off. They make money doing that, which is good for them and for North Korea. And But what happens is it, it leaves the door open, right, because the Internet's really tightly controlled in North Korea. It leaves the door open for people like what happened with her. She mm-hmm. was showing her tits to some Chinese guy and managed to get in contact on, on these message boards with Christian missionaries in China. That were mm. that were getting people like the like the Underground Railroad from North Korea to come through. It's crazy. So she ends up getting there, having to walk twenty four hours straight through the Gobi Desert into Mongolia, forty degrees below zero, damn, with a three year old child. Oh shit! If they stopped moving for ten seconds, they would freeze to death. The baby couldn't cry because the noise would alert the uh, military. So they had to give the baby sleeping pills. And rub its feet and hands to keep it from dying while they Jesus. while they walked twenty four hours straight through the desert into Mongolia. Wow. Okay. So this is what I'm talking about. She said, "In North Korea, there's no word for love. They do not use a word that means love on purpose. 
You go to South Korea, they speak the same language. There's a word for love. And North Korea, it's not taught. It's not taught to them. And Joe's like, what? You don't have a word for love? She's like, no. She's like, so you don't love your mother? You don't love your, you know, your friends? She's like, no. And as a consequence, she didn't feel love the same way that most people do. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, her circumstances were such that, you know, it's understandable. Yeah. She lives in a terrible situation of constant suffering, but she's got no word for love. And that's a manipulation. That's a way of separating people so that they don't, they don't have, a, re- they don't have a, a reason to unite against you. What binds people together is love, right? Yeah. They don't have a word for I, the personal pronoun, I. There is no I. Why? Because if you don't have a word for I, then there is no such thing as an individual. You're a part of a collective, and that's what they say. They say that the North Koreans are the divine offspring of the Kims, mm-hmm. that they're an extension of the Kims, that they're not their own, th- their own, their own self. So they don't say things. She said, they don't say, I love water. They say, we love water. So if I was just taking a sip of water and I said, mm, I love water, they would say, mm, we love water because Weird, there is man. no I. So how is it possible for me to even think about individuality, about you know all the things, freedom, liberty, all the things that go along with it, mm-hmm. if there is no individual? Yeah. Um, you know, you know that there are people who live in North Korea who, like I said, some people are more gifted at, at thinking about things, and you know, I'm sure that people understand the concept of I. You know, there are some of them, but you can't go around telling people about it. You know, you can't like try to convert anybody because you're fucked. You know what's funny? You say that. Yanmi Park said there's a there's a uh, like a saying, like like a little phrase that you teach your kids. And her mom taught it to her. And it goes like this. Don't even whisper because the birds and mice might hear you. Mm. So even if you were one of those individuals, Just keep your mouth shut. Keep it shut. Yeah, because because even the birds and mice might hear you. Jesus Christ, man. It's terrifying. You know what else she said that was even more terrifying? She said that, if, that the, if it wasn't for the Chinese, the North Korean state could not exist. That if the Chinese stopped supporting North Korea, that North Korea would fall in a week. Yeah. So, everybody's so shit scared of China because of the money, because of the economy, because of the manufacturing, all that sort of stuff. That nobody... You know, Joe always brings up uh, John Cena apologizing because he said Hong Kong was a country or Taiwan was a country or yeah, whatever yeah. the hell it was. Um, he had to apologize for, to, to, to the Chinese government because so much of the of the revenue for the WWE comes from China. Mm-hmm. So they use money to keep to keep the you know the thumb on to people. And uh, where was it going with this? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it just about about the Chinese. So imagine if the if the all of the great liberal people all over the Western world decided what's happening in North Korea is crimes against humanity, right? Just like they did with the, with the, um, the, the what is it, the, uh, I can't think of the tribes in Africa that were killing each other, <coughs> the, the Hutus and the Tutsis or whatever they were. Yep. Like, the, the world's going to step in, like the, like the Holocaust. The world's going to step in, right? Mm. This is a crime against humanity, so the whole world's going to step in. Imagine if all the fucking great liberal people in the Western world decided... Fuck the Chinese, the Chinese government and their influence. If they're allowing this stuff to happen, this, this, these, these crimes against humanity, we're all going for one week's time. We're all going to shut down 
all of the trade with China. We're going to stop. We're going to do everything we can to prevent them from being able to help North Korea. All of the you know things like like we do with Iran and all the sanctions and all the all the you know blockades and all that stuff. We're going to do all of that. We're just going to wait a week for the North Korean regime to fall. That's all we'd have to do, and all of this pain and torture goes away. Hundreds of thousands of people in work camps and concentration camps. Many of them are in Siberia. They're not even in North Korea. Um, that's all we'd have to do, and nobody wants to do it. Not even not nobody wants to do it. Yeah. We can, I mean, you know, we, we can take huge chunks of the GDP out of the world to solve the COVID crisis, but not, but not to keep little girls from being raped and, and starved to death in North Korea. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. And I mean, part of me wants to say that that it's capitalism, partly to blame for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we started this interview talk or this uh, podcast talking about our interview with John, um, the white nationalist John. Uh, I think that a lot of his criticisms of capitalism would would, you know, I don't think that he really cares about what's going on in North Korea, but it's going to be things like that, you know, yeah. uh, areas where capitalism causes people to compromise their morals and their ethics and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, boy. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this thing, this thing that she says about uh, not having a word for I, and also making it hard for her to communicate when she went to South Korea with any, with anybody else, like yeah. it's very obvious that you're not South Korean when you show up. I was thinking that it must be so confusing to talk to, like you know, I don't speak Korean, so I'm not going to really understand what they're saying, anyways. But you know, like uh, I imagine the sentence structures and it's all it's got to be confusing as hell. Got to be. Weird. This is what it brought to my mind. Like, so obviously, if there's no word for I, then you can understand that the, your identity would be a collective identity, and you can understand that's what they would want in a communist country. Yep. Um, but it also reminds me of something from Buddhism, and so I, it's just an aside, but it, it it's so similar. So in Buddhism, when you are disciplining your mind and your thoughts and your behavior so that you can reach Nirvana, you know, so you can do, so you can reach the goal of that spiritual exercise. Um, they teach people not to use the personal pronoun. Okay. Because you're meant to lose yourself, right? It's, so it's the ego, like you would say if you were a you know, Freudian or Jungian, it's the ego that gets in the way of, of, of you know, reality or re- the objective world or truth or whatever. So you get rid of the I, you get rid of the thing that anchors you to this material world and it allows you to be spiritual, yeah. entirely spiritual. And, and so there's an example in Buddhism where they say life is suffering, and when you in, in experience pain, you should teach yourself not to say, I'm hurting, or I'm in pain, or, or whatever. You should teach yourself to say, there is pain. Mm. And in and, and, and doing that, you separate yourself from the pain. And that reminds me of the, of the Buddhist... Um, <laughs> you, you had to have seen these. Buddhists that were... Um, protesting uh, the communist government in China mm. that lit themselves on fire, self-immolation, and sat there meditating silently with their eyes closed while they burned to death. It's badass, and they do that by separating themselves psychologically from themselves. Yeah, and they don't say I'm in pain. You know, I'm suffering. Yeah, I, I, I doesn't exist. It's, there is pain. You ever seen footage of a non-monk set themselves on fire? Oh, but it sounds terrible. 
they're fucking screaming. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it's bad. I, I've seen a lot of that kind of stuff on the internet. My, my neighbor, uh, my neighbor, my grandpa's neighbor when I was growing up um, was a fire victim. And so it was like a, it was like a mom and dad and a son that lived there. And the son was just gruesome to look at. You yeah. know? And, he, and he survived and he was fine. But I just remember, it, it, it haunts me actually. Yeah, the look of the look of the kid. It was a nice, nice kid, and he d- doesn't, you know, no fault of his own, and doesn't deserve that. But I was young. I look at that guy, and I'm like, you know, he has no, he has no nose. He just has holes in his face. Yeah, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Jesus. And those monks just sit there, you know. It's insane. Jesus. So it's but that shows you the power of language. It's the power to manipulate you. The power to manipulate yourself, even to the extent that you can burn to death mm-hmm. and just sit there humdrum like it's no big deal saying to yourself in your head there is pain yep Jesus Christ that's crazy um yeah I don't know what else you um well, I, w- I want to start I want to I think I'm done with Yanmi Park I'm done with uh, si- let, Scientology let, let me say what I uh, you know I am sure that a lot of what Yanmi Park says is true um but from what I understand there's an issue with like celebrity um, survivors, you know what I mean. They uh, exaggerate things uh, to to make it a better story, and also they get pushed along in media because it is something to like drum up tensions with China or North North Korea, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Um, and I, I've heard some interesting stuff about. I mean, obviously, these people are not saying that things are good in North Korea. By by no stretch of the means are they saying that. But uh, I've just heard that some of it is like cartoonish, like like uh, like a bit much mm. is, is the type of thing that I've heard. So and that's interesting. Um, but even that, oh yeah, even, I mean, even that is manipulation. Yeah, the general. Oh, absolutely. To, that to, that was where I was going yeah. with that. Is I mean, like she. If that is the case, she's manipulating her, you know, uh, uh, her own story for a certain effect. See, I dis- I, I don't think that's the case, and I, uh, I think that people who downplay her suffering are manipulating everyone listening to think that to, to think that what she's saying is is illegitimate. I, I did not get the impression Yan Mi Park was was uh, being dishonest or exaggerating in the slightest, um, personally. Yeah. Also, I, I respect Jordan as a psychologist to sit down with her for two hours and not, and not pick up on bullshit and Joe Rogan to sit down with her for three hours and not pick up on bullshit. Um, I would, I would rely on their judgment, uh, just as much as my own. And all of us agree that she seemed very genuine in, in that, in that. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm more skeptical, you know, like, uh, I'm not saying that I, that's healthy. I'm not saying that I 100% that basically, I will concede easily that I'm sure she went through a bunch of terrible, terrible shit. Um, and maybe everything, maybe you guys are right and everything she says is is true. That could be. Uh, but I am just more skeptical. Like, I think that it makes sense to me that, she, you know, she, you know, she's coming out and she's speaking. So she wants people to listen. You know what I mean? Um yeah, and but, but, but wouldn't but wouldn't you if you went through that and saw your family family go through that wouldn't you want to get on a blo- on a sure, bullhorn and sure. say I'm not, what I'm saying is not negating her motivate that motivation it's just that um you know people behave you know people behave in different ways like yeah. some people uh you know 
Some people, I think, would never think to do that. But some people, you put them, and they've got this giant audience. And, yeah. I mean, freedom to pretty much say whatever you want. Nobody's Nobody can really fact check you, you yeah. know. Um, uh, so I, I, I'll, I'll go with you on that. I'll just, because I'm thinking of, like, the Believe All Women thing. Sure. You know, it's like, uh, um, it's possible. Um, but then there's things like this. Um, Yanmi Park weighs 80 pounds. Mm-hmm. She's four feet tall. Um, the average North Korean is five inches shorter than the average South Korean because of yeah. malnutrition. It's clear in that regard that they're starving. That there's no doubt in my mind that they're legitimately yeah, I starving. I have no doubt about that either. And that's the majority of the of and and the and the uh, the fact that the state is a totalitarian and everybody is uh, tattling on everybody else all the time, or else you know su- suffering the consequences. Those things by themselves are enough. Sure, are enough. You know? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, I don't think that there's um, sufficient evidence to say that like, oh, no, everything is like actually really good in North Korea, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I just, you know, like I said, it, I think that that kind of stuff is interesting. Um, it is interesting. Uh, just because I can't understand the, the human motivation to do that, you know. This is why I like doing the podcast with you, Kyle, because I'm soft and <laughs> I and I swallow all that up. Um, and like I said, my bullshit detector didn't go off at all. And uh, but we've been sitting here talking about how important it is to be critical mm-hmm. and to be skeptical. And in this situation, you were the skeptical one, and I was going, I was swimming in the fucking. Well, I mean, you know, I I agree with what you're saying there, but I, I mean, I, I also think that, like I said, I, I have no trouble at all believing that the vast majority of what she says is true. So, you know, so yeah. all right. So let's talk about race again. Because okay. that's one of those words. And I, this is something... Race. All right, first of all, hey, let me, I'm going to get back to the uh, white supremacist that we interviewed that you guys are going to hear from next week. Uh, Kyle said that he was polite and a nice guy, and that's true. That's true. He, and he, and he, he, was, he was nice enough. He was fair. Nothing ever boiled down to arguing or even raising of voices. He did, although, belch into the microphone uh, three different occasions yeah. dur- during the conversation. I so, kind of forgot about that. So polite might not, might not be the first word that comes to my mind, so you guys can keep your ears open for that. <laughs> But this is what this is the conversation I wish we could have had with him. The word race. It's such a manipulative word. The word race, and you know, he kept saying it boils down to your family. It boils down to your heritage and your family. And and he he made it out like it's not who you consider family. It's it's like this lineage that you came from. And so this idea of race comes up. They use that word race in ancient Greece. They use that word race, you know, in classical antiquity. And we use it today. With all the knowledge we have today about genetics and, and you know, uh, the human diaspora over, over the planet and all that stuff that we know now that we didn't know then, we still use the word race. Yeah. And it does not mean what it used to mean. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those words, like, like I said earlier, with woke and all this other stuff. If we never invented the word race, then there would be no race. There would be no race. And you go back to these like um, classical, like, you know, Aristotle, you know, you go back to these classical writers and they'll talk about going to Egypt and learning about the, you know, the science that the Egyptians knew and the math that they knew and the religion. They go and they learn about that. Those people were people. Even the ones that were kept as slaves weren't considered to be less than the other people. They might be considered a different race. They might even be considered barbarians. But they're not considered to be any less human than, than a Greek. They might call them savages, but they're not considered any less human. And today, when people talk about racism, 
just like you know you can imagine the way they would have spun killing um you know killing germans in world war 2 or killing vietnamese during the v- the Vietna- vietnamese war they're less human because they're a different race they're less human like this is this is the connotation that is to me connected to this idea of race now i agree with what you're saying about race now uh, and I'm not even saying I disagree with your conception of what race was back then, but like, what are you basing that on? That they that the Greeks didn't believe that the the barbarians were less human from from Aristotle and and Herodotus and some of these some of these early Greek writers who talked about who talked about the grand cultures. You know, the, the, when Herodotus saw Egypt, he didn't go back to Greece thinking that these black people in Egypt were savages. He went back to Greece saying. You would not believe the shit that these people did. They're okay. amazing people. Okay, I, I get that about Egypt, uh, and I can understand why somebody from a, a an advanced society would go to another advanced society where people look completely different and be like, "You should see what's going on over mm-hmm. there." But what about like the the hill folk? You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, did they did they view them as equally human? I think so. Yeah. Yes, I think okay. so. And because the because the Greeks were the first people to develop this idea of a soul. Okay. And they believed the soul was divine. And every human every human being had it. Didn't matter what color you were. Didn't matter where you came from. That doesn't mean that your culture is that your culture is not less that they yeah, they sure. didn't consider you to be you know you know a lesser yeah culture. But they didn't consider them to be less human or less divine less touched by by you know the hand of god or something that's very you know? inclusive of them but it, it's what, what's funny is what that tells me is that how the how the racism that we experience today developed became this thing that it wasn't it wasn't once okay and that's how words are they mm-hmm. change their meaning over time yeah um and some of that stuff's intentional and we see that with politics you know that shit is intentional yeah. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's organic. Sometimes it's natural. You know, and like I say, I don't know where the, I don't know where the line is drawn. But what it reminds me of with this topic of racism is Morgan Freeman and his stuff he talks about when people ask him about race. And yeah. I, I wanted to play this, and maybe I can, but he 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 basically says, um, I can't remember. And we've talked about this before, but he was he was being interviewed by someone. Some, some Stephanopoulos or something. It was, it like was that. A, yeah, it was one of those older but highly respected, you know, uh, yeah. whatever. He was being interviewed on TV, and he said about Black History Month. He's like, "What? You, I, you don't want a Black History Month?" And Morgan Freeman's like, "No, I don't want a Black History Month." And and he's like, "Why? You know, shouldn't we shouldn't we be highlighting Black accomplishments and all this stuff and and make sure people are aware of Black people in our society and their value?" And uh, he's like, "Do you want a White History Month?" And he, he was like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh I'm Jewish." Well, do you want a Jewish History Month? Yeah. Uh, no. He's like, well, why not? Because because to do that separates you from everybody else. Yep. You know that that creates a division to insist on race, whether what good or bad. To insist on it is 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 perpetuating the problem. Yeah. And Morgan Freeman's solution is to stop fucking talking about it. Stop putting it in the news. Stop plastering it on the news every single day. Yeah. If you do that, eventually people will forget that they're supposed to notice what color your skin is. People will forget. That's what Morgan Freeman wants. He wants people to forget. Yeah. 
Um, and I don't mean that in the sense of forgetting the history. I just mean that in the sense of manipulating the language so that we don't have those thoughts. And this is another example. Is it good or is it bad? It kind of seems good in this situation. And to me, mm-hmm. you know, could we simply stop talking about that so that the, the next generation of kids never hear the word race? And, no, and, and when they read it in a history book, they think, what the fuck is this? Wouldn't the world be a better place then? I think so. Yeah. And, and wouldn't that be an intentional manipulation of language to make it happen? Do yep. the ends justify the means? Jesus, yeah. man, I don't know where I fall on this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I keep just keep going back to how I felt about it. You know how I have felt about it from the beginning, and it's just we need to teach people to think better because I don't see any. The only. The only other alternative is what we exactly what we don't want, which is censorship, you know? So, I mean, the only way to get around it and not, I mean, you just, I mean, you could get rid of all language. You could just have not people not talk. I mean, that would, that would maybe do it, but I don't think that's going to work out that well. Uh, Do you have any interest uh, of playing this Morgan Freeman clip? I mean, if, I mean, yeah, we can. All right, let me see if I can get this to work. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, hopefully this is... Uh, keep talking, Kyle. Keep talking. I don't know what to say. All right, this is, this, is a, <laughs> this is a different interview. Let's try this one. Okay. Except the cookies. Okay. As long as they're delicious cookies. Here we go. See if this works. Yo! So there's a very popular video floating around YouTube of an appearance a few years ago by... Nope, nope, nope. I don't want commentary. I just want Morgan Freeman. Pause it. Yeah. All right, guys. Let me uh, me just... All right. Sorry. Technical difficulties. Here we go. See, the president and Democrats now are talking about income inequality, and that's basically what, you know, when you talk about the richest 85 people on the planet, right? Yeah. It's income inequality. Do you think that's looking at you know what's happening in the news now? Is that a good idea? Do it's you a great think? idea. It is the greatest idea. Uh, we have a much more vibrant society when we don't have such a vast chasm between the haves and the have-nots. We need uh, that middle ground that we call the middle class, the people who buy everything, people who use the uh, products mm-hmm. that the rich are creating if they're creating anything other than wealth, right? Right. So it's, it's what's happening with the Chinese economy right now. They're changing their whole outlook because they need consumers. Yeah. And without a middle class, you're not going to have consumers. You're not going to have it at the level that we normally would have it. So can, we, can I go back to, because I, I, I thought what you said was fascinating, because you called it bull when you said people can't, you know, pull themselves up. Do you think that race plays a part in wealth dis- distribution or either a mindset that you can't Today? or cannot? Yeah. No. You don't? No. I don't. I don't. Hey, you and I, we're proof. Why would race have anything to do with it? Stick your, put your mind to what you want to do and go for that. Uh, it's kind of like religion to me. It's a good excuse for not getting there. Yeah. You know, I said, uh, it's probably getting me in trouble, but I said to some of my colleagues recently, so I know that it's an issue, but I've been, it seems like every single day on television I'm talking about race and it's because of the news cycle, it's in the news, but I'm so, sometimes I get so tired of talking about it, I want to I wanna just go, this is over, can we move on? And, and if you talk about it, it exists. Right. Yeah. 
it's not like it exists and we refuse to talk about it, but making it a bigger issue than it needs to be is the problem we have. So I understand you recently had a birthday. You're 26. All right, so if you talk about it, it exists. Now, that wasn't even the video that I want to do uh, play for you. Um, but Jesus, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to get this one up uh, as well. All right, I'm going to, Morgan Freeman on black history. Morgan Freeman is, uh, he's pretty based. I love Morgan Freeman. I love Morgan Freeman specifically because of being young and seeing Shawshank Redemption as a kid. Hell yeah. Fucking love Morgan Freeman, but here we go. Let's see if this will play. Here we are. It was 60 minutes, actually, (laughs) the interview. Black History Month you find ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come on. What do you do with yours? Which month is White History Month? (laughs) Well, well, come on. Tell me. I'm Jewish. Okay. Which month is Jewish History Month? Uh, There isn't one. Oh. Oh. Why not? Do you want one? No, no. No, I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. Unbelievable. That is so good. I love Morgan Freeman. I love him. I love you for saying that, Morgan Freeman. Shout out to Morgan Freeman. Hell yeah. Damn. Yep. I'm, I, I'm, so Kyle's watching me while while we're playing that. My hands are in the air. I'm shaking my head. I just love it. It's it's a great. I mean, stop talking about. It. How are we going to get rid of racism? Stop talking about it. What, Powerful. What are, what are we doing to get rid of racism right now? We're doing nothing but talking about it every single day. Yep. Oh, boy. Yes, indeed. I'll stop calling you a black man, and you stop calling me a white man. That's what the Buddhists do when they say there is pain. Right. Jesus, I love it. I love it. Hell yeah. What do you think, Kyle? I like it. I'm with you. Right there on the same page. Um, so listen, I don't know how much more I can rant about this, but I want I have an example that came up that I wanted to ask you about too, where, we, where we're talking about inventing a word and then becoming part of the culture, mm-hmm. where even today, this is an example I think nothing about. In the 60s and 70s, the word miss and misses. That was it. Yeah. If you were unmarried, you were miss. If you were married, you were missus. In the 60s and 70s, during the women's empowerment movement, they were like, no, 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 no. We're, we're going we're gonna to have Ms. now. M.S. Now we're going to have this new one called Ms. Do you, do you know any of the history here? No. Well, did, you, did you know about that, that there wasn't a Ms. Into, uh, M.S. until the 60s and 70s? What is... I thought that M.S. was just a abbreviation of Miss. No, M-I-S-S, M-R-S. Miss and Mrs. And there was Ms. Okay. No, I didn't know that. So Ms. popped up during the women's movement, and it was designed because there's derogatory, uh, you you might say, derogatory things associated with Miss. Because a Miss is like a little little kid. It's like a girl. You're like unfulfilled. You're like not a real adult. You're not a real person, right? That's what they they said. So we're going, and and why do you have to be married to to have a respectful title? Why do you have to be married to be Mrs.? And then if you're Mrs., then you're just then you're Mrs., Mr., whoever. Then you just belong to your husband. It was that argument. Sure. So we have to have another one that we're going to use. 
we're going to call it miss. And what it, what it means is you're an adult. You, you've chosen not to be married or you haven't gotten married yet, but you're a, you're a full standing citizen adult just like a, a mister. And you don't have to be married to have an identity. You have your own. And, you don't, and you're, not, you're not belittled by being called miss. So weird. Have you, did you ever, you ever think about that? No. So this, you know, I didn't either. I, I, thought, I thought that miss was just like a, like a respectful title where you, if you didn't know if someone was married, if you didn't know, then you would just call them miss. If you didn't know. I thought it was like a way of avoiding that mistake. Yeah. You know, like calling, a, like asking a fat lady how far along she is. Yeah. So I thought that, like I said earlier, that MS was just an abbreviation of Miss. Like MR is the abbreviation of Mr. So I thought that's what it was. And I also thought that when people said Ms, when they like hit the Z on it at the end of the, like yeah, that. Yeah. That uh, they were just being pretentious douchebags. Uh, so nope. I did not know that any of that was like a, a thing. There are three it's distinct. A, it's like the fr- it's like the OG non-binary. Exactly my point, man. Yeah. Exactly my point. So transgendered was is the next word on the list. It, a word that didn't exist. Now it exists, and it and it it's it retroactively changes reality. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I used to be. Um, what, what you know? Uh, uh, I don't even know what word to use. It's all offensive, right? We used to we used to say transvestite. You might you might have called somebody you know who had you know let's say both sexual organs. I don't even know what words to use anymore. Like I'm like yeah. you know I'm I'm like shackled by this. Um, and suddenly we have this word transgendered or we have non-binary or whatever, and it just it retroactively changes the past. Mm-hmm. It manipulates the past. To me, that seems particularly egregious because I identify with the past. That's, that's what has created me. My, all of the things, the experiences of my life leading up to this moment have created the person I am today. If you go back and start erasing and changing the past, then I don't have an identity anymore. Here's a question. <clears throat> Could somebody change something in the past that you think would be a benefit to you? Because I can think of a few things. Let's hear um, just like my knowledge of history and how understanding how things really happened as opposed to the narrative that you're fed changes things completely. That's true. Um, so, but, but you know, I guess that, that example might be a little different. It's like if you were lied to about history and then you were told the truth. But that's a slippery slope, yeah, man. Yeah. Damn. That's a slippery slope when it comes to history. And it's, I think it's a slippery slope when it comes to, I mean, like transgender stuff. I mean, you know... I. I'm not like the most sympathetic dude in the world to that sort of thing. Um, but I think the idea that there is a, a man, uh, you know, he's born with, uh, you know, a penis and testicles and all of that. Um, and he feels wrong. You know, uh, I don't have a hard time imagining that that is a real feeling that human beings have. Um, now, so f- until there was the word transgender, those people were just confused. You know what I mean? Um, and I can understand wanting to have that word. I can understand how that would make you feel better. Um, I That doesn't mean that I think it's like a real thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be perfectly honest, that like I don't think that you are a woman in a man's body. I think that you're... I, I mean, you know, gender and, and gender roles and all of that stuff, it's like real slippery and, you know. Absolutely. So, I, you know, I, I don't think that like these people are like crazy or like broken or anything. I just don't necessarily agree that it's a real thing. 
I think what rubs me the the wrong way about about these new words and the and the new understandings of words definitions it's it's the presumptive part because it reminds me of the thing that you and I always talk about the 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 arrogance that that uh, you know that we're constantly kind of pointing the finger at yeah it's like to um, to sit like you know we were talking about those corporate uh, corporate words and I always bring up one that I dislike that's being used a lot now which is thought leadership ooh. So thought leadership is is presumptive. You know, like call, calling somebody racist is presumptive. Obviously, yeah. uh, it presumes that they're racist. It presumes that they act and think in ways that are you know wrong. Uh, it also presumes that race exists, which is something that the white the white nationalist guy we talked to uh, would, would attach themselves to. But the um, but certain philosophers like the postmodernists would say is a construct it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, but thought leadership is this thing where it, pr- it presumes that there is a better way of thinking. And it presumes that there's a person or people who are bringing that to the table. So there's a superior way of thinking. There's a there's a there's a uh, cutting edge way of thinking, and certain people are the ones bringing it to the table. And so the presumption is that you should follow. Yeah. Um, that's how I feel in the PC world today, um, with the woke stuff and all. You know, I, I'm the presumption is it's the right way of of thinking, and if I disagree with it, I'm I'm wrong. Yeah. Well. I can't help but think about, you were talking about how Yanmi Park said that that's how the universities are, um, you know, that's, and I can't help but think about that, those are the people who are going out into the workforce, you know, and that's like the whole idea of the cathedral. It's like you have this, this um, overarching thing over society called the cathedral that's not like a physical thing. It's this like method of like ingrained mind control where Everyone just buys in. You send your kids to public school and they get taught to be this way. And regardless of what you think, you you could have completely different views. You still send your kid to that public mm-hmm. school um, and then they go all the way up through that college, you know, and they're brainwashed. And then they go out and then they start forming society mm-hmm. in the way that they, they were taught, yep. you know. So it, it perpetuates itself and mm-hmm. spreads like a virus. Yep. <sighs> Boy, I mean, you can see... Like we talked about this in terms of uh, government, yeah. and law, and, and taxes, you can see how that how that spreads and gets bigger and becomes sure. a monster. Sure, uh, you, I mean it's it, you can see it with religion how it spreads and well, grows and becomes a monster. That's one that we're not going to have time to talk about it today, no. but um, we should talk about it because you know, like that Scientology shit was just repulsive. Like it was awful. Okay, but you start reading like the Bible and. Even if there's stuff that I disagree with, it's written well, and um, and there is stuff in there that I do agree. Oh, I mean, to be fair, there was stuff in here that I agree with right. too. They just like, f- you know, clogged it up with so much bullshit. Uh, so for some, I'm sure there's bullshit. I know there's bullshit in the Bible too, but something about it seems better. Um, it seems more valuable. Mm. Um, and I I've also been listening to a podcast. Uh, I had a, a tweet go. Uh, pretty popular i was asking who the good anarcho-christian people are um and i got a ton of responses and followed a bunch of people and one of the people uh is a guy who hosts this podcast called the anarchist bible study and i'm only one episode in but they're talking about how they're both like trained seminarians or whatever you know um they're talking about how just how important the language is and how uh, they're talking about a literal translation, not in the sense that you read it, that everything is literally true, right. but that it's meant to be read 
in the way that it's meant to be read. Right. Like uh, you read a fiction book as a fiction book. You read an instruction manual as an instruction manual. Yep. Um, and you read the Bible as whatever that is. So um, you should listen to it. I think you would like it, man. No, I, listen, one of the thing that you said that I think we can pick up on for the next podcast, so we'll wind this down because i got to pee so bad, huh? uh, is what makes one um, ideology, what, what makes one like pattern of manipulation better than another. Yeah. All right. All right. Until we meet again, you guys. Later. We love you. Well, there you have it. That's one avenue explored, but infinitely more still to go. I hope you enjoyed thinking along with us. I know, I know. It's not easy work. Thinking. It's hard and full of uncertainties, but I'm grateful for the company as we trek through this together. Here's to hoping that the juice is worth the squeeze. See what I did there? Let's find out together in the next episode. <laughs>